Shaykhin Yirab wa Shaykh Fayaz. Nightly Ramadan Reflections. A'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajeem. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. Wa bihi nasta'in. Wa salatu wa salamu ala sayyidina wa nabiyyina Muhammad. Wa ala ahla baytah al-tayyibin al-tahirin. The religion of Islam stresses the notion of reflection and contemplation. In a tradition from the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he states, At-tafakkur fissa'a afdal min ibadat sittina sana. That being in a state of reflection or, or of contemplation for one hour is better than 60 years of worship. And though Islamic tradition emphasizes this concept of spending one's day, or at least a portion of it, in contemplation or in reflection or in meditation, many times people, they wonder exactly, how should we be in a state of contemplation? How exactly do I meditate? For if I spend an hour of my day thinking about God or thinking about His creation or just being in a quiet place, in solitude, for instance, my mind is going to wander to every single corner. And for sure, our minds probably won't be thinking about God. For even in the state of prayer, for instance, during our obligatory prayers, when we're praying Salatul Maghrib, for instance, our minds might be on everything else except for the fact that we're actually standing in front of our Creator. And especially during the month of Ramadan, where oftentimes our mind is wandering to thinking about food or thinking about sleep or whatever it might be. What does it mean then when Islamic tradition and traditions of the Holy Prophet and his Ahlul Bayt speak to the importance of contemplation and reflection? Well, the whole Qur'an and the and the traditions of the Prophet, they emphasize contemplation in four very important phases. The first phase is to be in a state of contemplation upon God's natural signs. For instance, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states in the Holy Quran, Sanurihim ayatina fil afaq, that we have created our signs within the cosmos. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created so many different things around us that our eyes are able to see or that our hands are able to touch or that our tongues are able to taste. But the end goal is that we spend time understanding those things by reflecting upon them because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created them all to take us to a destination. Let me take a step back for one second. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls the stars and the moon and the sun and the trees and the oceans, his signs. What's the purpose of a sign? If I'm driving on the highway or if I'm taking the train, I take a look at a sign to the right or to the left of me in order that I'm able to reach my destination in the way, in the quickest way possible, for instance. I follow signs on the highway so I know in which direction that I'm going. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states that the sun and the moon and the stars and the ocean and the rivers, they're all His signs because at the end of the day, the destination of our creation is to take us back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Take us closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allow for the veils to be lifted from our eyes and to be lifted from our hearts so that we're able to see reality. 
In the words of Ali ibn Abi Talib, he states, That the first fundamental station of religion is to know God. And we know God by means of His signs. And in this verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتِنَا فِي الْآفَاقِ That we have demonstrated our signs in the heavens, in the skies, in the cosmos. So the sun that you see, and the moon that you see in the evening, and the stars in the middle of the night, and the trees and the oceans and the rivers, they're all God signs. And we see so many verses of the whole Qur'an whereby Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks to them and says, Do you not see my signs? Do you not see the oceans? And do you not see the rivers? Many verses of the whole Qur'an begin with this phrase when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, Alam tara, do you not see? Where on one level, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants us to be able to see with our eyes, but in reality is to transcend our eyes so that we're able to see the reality of all things by means of our heart. Which is why in the prophetic tradition, the Holy Prophet ﷺ, he would make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, whereby he would say, O oh Allah, show me the reality of all things. Because the sun and the moon and the stars and the oceans and the rivers, they're not created in vain, but they're created so that we can take benefit from them in our time here, but also so that we're able to take benefit and be thankful to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He created them for us. And then we also realize just how much of a miracle that all of this nature that's around us in reality is. And the end goal for those who spend time in reflection and contemplation is that it's supposed to take us closer toward understanding our Creator. So the first thing that we need to be in a state of contemplation about and the first way that we're able to reflect in the Islamic tradition is to literally go outside and not to google a picture of the moon but to actually go and look at the moon it's not to look at images of stars but it's actually to stand outside and look up at the sky and really wonder at God's creation because it's a means to humble ourselves and when we humble ourselves in front of our creator we're able to demonstrate absolute servanthood and we're de- able to demonstrate absolute submission. And the object of Islam is for us to be a Muslim. In the Arabic language, the term Islam is translated as submission. Thus, a Muslim is one who submits. Thus, the first phase of contemplation is to contemplate God's natural signs. The second thing that we're taught within the Islamic tradition is to spend time in contemplation of our own selves. سَنُرِيهِمْ آيَاتِنَا فِي الْآفَاقِ وَفِي أَنفُسِهِمْ In that same verse, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states, And we have put on display our signs in the cosmos, in the horizons, in nature, and also within their own selves. Take a look at who you are. Take a look at your nature. Remember how small you are or you were when you were first born into this world. And then think about how our development has taken place. Whereby today, I'm a grown man. I'm able to talk and I'm able to walk and I'm able to speak. And I'm able by my words and by my actions to change people around me for good or for bad. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala 
created me and he gave me sustenance for the last however many years of my life in caring for me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows for me to walk on two feet. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't create me with four feet. In fact, he created me with two and two hands. Why did God do that? Why did God create me with ten fingers and ten toes? Why did God create me with two eyes on my face and not on my feet? Why did he give me mouth? Why did he give me teeth? While many other animals, they don't have any teeth. When we think and when we ask questions like this, it's in order to expand our intellects and open up our hearts and realize what a unique, incredible creation that we are. And by means of posing these questions, again, we are able to humble ourselves in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Furthermore, another interpretation of this particular verse when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala states ayatina fil wa fi anfusihim, that we presented our signs to the human being, to themselves, is perhaps that we need to be in a state of contemplating existential questions that we face on a day-to-day basis. Why did God create me in the first place? Why did God create me in this year? Allow me, allowing me to live in this year in New York City, for instance. Why didn't God create me to live during the time of the Holy Prophet? Why am I not living during the times of the Imams of Ahlul Bayt? Why was I not there to defend Hussein ibn Ali on the day of Ashura in the land of Kirbara? Why now? What's my purpose? Is there an end goal? When you think about these things, again, it humbles you, it softens your heart, and we're able to see that we are potentially opening or creating an avenue for us to be in a state of submission to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by really thinking about who we are. Because again, once we know who we are, then we're able to know who God is. As the hadith states, Men arafa nafsa, faqad arafa rabba. The one who knows his self, knows his Lord. The third thing that we need to be in contemplation about Going back toward that hadith from the Holy Prophet ﷺ in which he states that the one who contemplates for one hour at tafakkur afdal min ibadat sittina sana the one who contemplates or is in a state of reflection for one hour it's greater than 60 years of worship again it's as long as we're contemplating the right things. The third thing that we're taught within our tradition is to spend time in contemplation of the whole Qur'an. This is the month of Ramadan and one of our previous episodes. We discussed what it means to be in a state of contemplation of the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. When he states, Do not contemplate the verses of the Qur'an or upon your heart is there a lock. And we are taught that every single verse is known as an ayah. And then the plural of the word ayah is ayat. And we call it the ayat of the whole Qur'an. Meaning the signs of the whole Qur'an. Meaning that every single word and every single letter and every single harakah and every single verse within the book of God is a sign again to take us toward a destination which is allowing us to take close, which is allowing us to see closeness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in a previous episode we reflected on what it means toward contemplating upon the verses of the whole Qur'an. Fourthly and finally, we're taught within Islamic tradition, the most important thing that we should spend time in contemplation of is God's greatest creations. His khulafa on this earth, his vicegerents, and that's none other 
than his messengers upon peace be all of the prophets of God and specifically the holy prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and his immaculate family the Ahlul Bayt alayhi salatu God's most beloved creations because amongst them are the greatest signs of God and again the signs that take us closer toward him we recite in one of the ziyarat one of the visitations toward the Prophet and his family by addressing them, As-salamu alayka, ya ayatillah al-udhama. Peace be upon you, O the greatest signs of God. To think about who they are, to understand their lives, to be in a state of recognition that they are the means and they are the vessels and they are the ship that we need to board toward getting closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is able to unlock some incredible mysteries and secrets of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. To be in a state of reflection and contemplation upon their incredible nature, upon their character, upon their charisma, upon their leadership, it allows for our love for them to transcend into our hearts so that we're able to see closeness toward God and reach levels that mirrored theirs or reflected their relationship with their Creator. So in summary, when Islamic tradition emphasizes the importance of contemplation and reflection during these blessed days and nights of the holy month of Ramadan, we should also spend time toward really doing our very best toward spending some portion of our days in this contemplation and reflection. To physically go out and contemplate God's natural signs, the sun and the moon and the stars and the rivers, the oceans, the trees. Furthermore, we need to go and really think about ourselves. Why did God create me? What's my purpose in the world? Why did God create me like this or like that? It's able to expand our intellects. Thirdly, to spend even five minutes a day during this holy month of Ramadan in not only reading the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, but also contemplating upon its words. Imagine yourself being there during the time of Jesus, during the time of Musa, and wonder where you would be and where you would stand and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you're reading the verses of paradise to allow you to be admitted into paradise. And when you're reading the verses of punishment, that you say, oh Allah, forgive me for my sins so that I don't receive that punishment. To live and to act as if you were in the whole Quran in and of itself. And fourthly and finally, to contemplate God's greatest creations and to see closeness toward the Holy Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa and his beloveds Ali and Fatima and Hassan and Hussein may peace and blessing be upon all of the family of the Prophet alayhim salatu wassalam walhamdulillah rabbil alameen wa sallallahum ala sayyidina wa nabiyina muhammad wa ala ahla baytah al-tayyibin al-tahirin follow Shaykh Fayaz on Twitter at Fayaz Jafar and look out for him on Facebook